Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading tonight comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Luke states, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinus was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. As she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our third scripture reading continues the story in Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen 
as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. Our fourth scripture reading this evening comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Matthew says, In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet in you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there... Ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Some of you may be wondering why the associate pastor is preaching tonight. It's a big holy day, and usually that calls for the head of staff. So I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to give you a little glimpse into what happens sometimes in pastors' offices. Yeah. So I told Alex that although I've been a pastor for 32 years, I have never preached to this large a Christmas Eve crowd. And I made a deal with him. I said, let's arm wrestle. (laughs) And if I win, I get to preach. So here I am. Seriously. Yeah, right. Somebody back here has seen Alex's arms before. (laughs) Seriously, Alex was gracious enough to give me this opportunity to preach, knowing that I do indeed love preaching during this season, and that, in fact, I have been a pastor for 32 seasons of Christmas and Advent, and I have never preached to a crowd this large. So it is really a privilege for me to be able to share with you tonight a few thoughts on the themes of hope, peace, wonder, and joy. Themes that help us walk out of the darkness and into the light. The story that we share on this night is an age-old and familiar story. It is a story that tells us about seemingly impossible things becoming possible. 
It's a story that tells us, that reminds us that no matter how dark it gets, God brings the light. And so my prayer for all of us tonight is that wherever we have come from and wherever we may return to, we will catch a glimpse of the light and we will leave here with a renewed sense of hope, peace, joy, and wonder. And with the knowledge that God does indeed make possible those gloriously impossible things. Now, some of you who know me may remember that in December, my favorite binge-watching channel is the Hallmark Movie Channel. (laughs) I love the sappy, romantic, happily ever after Christmas stories. I know the acting is no better than B-quality. I know the storyline is simple as simple can be. But it is so nice to just watch things turn out the way everybody wants them to. Sometimes my husband, Ken, will semi-watch the movies with me, you know, while he's playing a game on his iPad or reading a book. (laughs) This year, after about the third movie, he said to me, you know, these plot lines could be diagrammed. (laughs) Boy meets girl, instant attraction. They work together on some type of Christmas project. Either the boy or the girl overhear a phone conversation or a business conversation. They misunderstand. The couple has a falling out where one of the people know what it's about, but the other one doesn't. But within television minutes, it's all resolved. They share a first kiss, and the snow begins to fall lightly. (laughs) It strikes me that we have a tendency to treat the Christmas story of Mary and Joseph, the baby, the shepherds, the heavenly host, like a B-rated Hallmark movie. We get all sappy about the young couple that had to leave home so close to the birth of their first child. We probably forget that they weren't the only young couple that had to leave home for the census. We tend to hear in our heads the carol away in the manger playing as background music when we get to the part of the story where Mary wraps the baby in cloths and lays the baby in the manger. We picture it all hushed and holy with stars twinkling in the night sky. We forget about the pain of labor, the worry about what you're going to do with a newborn baby, the scary, frightening part of all of it. But if you want to picture it as sweet and hushed and with a sky full of night stars, I'm not going to try to dissuade you. We all need a little happily ever after in these dark days of December. What I do want you to know, though, what I think is so important for you to know about this story, about the birth of Jesus, is that the story is so much more powerful and so much more important than a B-rated Hallmark movie. The birth of Jesus is about the inbreaking of God in our world. I'm going to say that again. The birth of Jesus is about God breaking in 
to our world, into our human existence. And that, dear friends, is something full of wonder, full of hope, full of joy, and full of peace. The birth of Jesus is bigger than a story about a bedraggled young couple traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's bigger than a census ordered by some governor. It is bigger even than the shepherds who are visited by the heavenly host. In the ordinary birth of Jesus, we find these gloriously extraordinary things, the most important of which is the idea that God loves us so much that he chooses to come and live with us and like us. God chooses to make the divine known to us in a way that we can most readily accept. Because who doesn't want to hold or gaze at a newborn baby? From the beginning of Luke's gospel, we are made aware that this whole story is really rather unique. After all, it's an angel that comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to conceive. And when Mary questions the angel about how this is going to happen, the angel says, oh, don't worry, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was an angel that speaks to Joseph and tells Joseph, it's okay, you can go ahead and take Mary as your wife, marry her, follow through on your plans, because she's going to have a son named Jesus who's going to save his people from their sins. Sure. And it's an angel followed by a heavenly host that makes known to the shepherds, shepherds of all people, pretty low on the social ladder, that the long-awaited Messiah had been born and God desired peace for all people. When we are honest with ourselves, we understand that we come here tonight searching, searching for something that goes past the romanticized, heartwarming story. We are looking for the light that will overcome the darkness of our mundane lives. We are looking for the light that will shine in the refugee camps and in the halls of justice. We are looking for the light that will shine in homeless shelters and in places where children are hungry and lonely and forgotten and unloved. We are looking for the light that shines on the young woman who gives birth after she has shot some drug into her arm or swallowed some pills. We don't need another B-rated movie with a simple answer in this complicated world. We need the reality of the hope and the wonder and the joy that comes only when we look at the young couple in the stable and recognize that the child Mary holds is not any child, but the Son of God. We need the power of this gloriously impossible story in our lives. In order to find the hope 
that we seek, we need to face the scandalous side of Jesus' birth, the loneliness and the fear that Mary were feeling, the understanding that from the very beginning there were people that shut Jesus out of their lives, refusing his parents a safe place to give birth, forcing God himself to be born as a homeless child. In order to find the love that we seek, we need to understand that Jesus was never part of the in crowd. Born in a stable, his first bed a manger. And a manger, by the way, isn't just that nice wooden slatted thing full of all soft hay that we usually picture. A manger in Bethlehem would have been a slab of rock with a trowel cut out of it. In order to find the love that we seek, we need to understand that Jesus is not part of the religious power structure or the political elite. He is not really the one they were expecting to restore Israel, and yet he is the only one that can restore God's people. In order to find the wonder we seek, we need to listen to the heavenly host announce a birth to the shepherds, the lowliest and most oppressed people in Bethlehem. And we need to hear this heavenly birth announcement as news to us that God has come to redeem us. God has come to forgotten Israel. We need to hear this heavenly birth announcement as evidence that God's kingdom is different than human kingdoms, that everyone is worthy of notice and attention, even shepherds. And in order to find the peace that we seek, we need to embrace the message of the heavenly host that God has come to be with us and to bring peace to all people, not just some people, not just lucky people, not just smart people or pretty people or rich people, but all people. God has come for all of us. In order to find the light in the darkness of this world, a light which we desperately need, we need to face the fact that the birth of this child heralds the coming of changes and challenges to all the principalities and powers of the world. Nothing will be untouched by the love and grace of God. No one will be left out in the cold. Despair, loss, loneliness, unworthiness can all fade in the understanding that God has broken into our world and come to bring healing to all that is broken and light to all who will receive it. That which we celebrate tonight is a mystery. Don't look for logic or reason Live into the story. Feel the fear and the loneliness that come when Mary and Joseph can't find a place to stay.
Imagine the pains of childbirth in a stable without the benefit of midwives or doctors or drugs. Imagine wondering how you will provide for this child. Wonder about his conception and the reason for being. Wonder as if you were his mother, full of hope and fear and already anxious about the child entrusted to your care. Why me? Why Mary? Hear the angels singing and experience the joy of a world filled with peace and goodwill. Feel the joy of God breaking into your life and my life and the life of this church and the life of this community and even into our world. Consider what it means for God to come in the form of a tiny, vulnerable human being to bring peace to Syria, to Jerusalem, to North Korea, to the Congo, and to our hearts. God's entrance into our lives on this night is incomprehensible. It defies all that we know and understand. And isn't that why we're here tonight? Isn't that why we come on this night, even if we come no other time? Don't we come to hear the incomprehensible, to feel the joy, to hear the words of hope? Don't we long for the reality of the birth of God in our lives? Don't we desire to know the reality of the poor being lifted up, the reality of the rough places being smoothed out, the reality of the lowliest being given the place of honor? Don't we long to experience with certainty a depth of meaning in our own lives that goes beyond what we consume and what we achieve and what we have? We gather on this holy night because we want someone or something to tell us again about the gloriously impossible. We want to hear about the inbreaking of God in our lives and in our world. We want to hear the romanticized story and picture the twinkling lights in the sky and imagine what it would be like to have a heavenly host sing to us. We long for the hope and the wonder and the joy that comes from this familiar story. We long to walk out of the darkness and into the light. We long to know that impossible things are made gloriously possible by a God who loves us beyond all reason and logic. We come to hear the story and to wonder at its truth. We come like the shepherds to see the glory of the Lord and to know that this is the one who brings joy to our heart, hopes to our, hope to our lives, and songs to our lips. This is the one who invites us to new life, the one living God 
This is the one who begs that we follow the way of Jesus so that all who feel lost or forgotten or alone on this Christmas night will see the light that we alone can bring to them. We come tonight to know the joy of God in our hearts, God in our midst, God bringing meaning to our lives, meaning that has depth and strength and power, meaning that is full of grace and mercy and unconditional love. We come to find the light so that we can walk out of the darkness. May it be so for you and for me. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.